0: Despite widespread community opposition from community members and elected officials, New York City intends to move forward with a plan to bring three new homeless shelters to Staten Island by the end of 2022, quadrupling the borough's number of such facilities. Welcome to the Staten Island Advances from the Scene, a podcast bringing you an inside look at the biggest stories on Staten Island with the reporters who cover them. I'm your host, Eric Bascom, and this week I'm joined by Staten Island Advanced Public Interest and Advocacy reporter, Paul Leota, to discuss the three new homeless shelters expected to open on Staten Island by the end of the year. Thanks for joining me today, Paul. I know you've been busy lately with election season really starting to heat up. Uh, What should Staten Islanders be on the lookout for while we work our way towards November?
1: I think the national audience probably has their eyes on our local congressional race. looks to be a rematch between Representative Malliotakis and former Representative Max Rose. Uh, locally, I think going into the primary, the most notable race has been the uh, Democratic State Senate primary for the North Shore in South Brooklyn. There's been some controversy in that race to say the least. And um, yeah, I think uh, we're just looking forward to getting to November and seeing who uh, our new representatives are going to
0: be. Yeah, and you know, that North Shore race that you referred to is uh, very interesting. Lots going on there, but uh, maybe we'll save that one for a different podcast. So let's get down to the reason why we're having you on today, and that's to discuss the new homeless shelters that the city is in the process of opening on Staten Island Uh, This is a story we've been covering at The Advance for several years now, uh, really since former Mayor Bill de Blasio first announced his homelessness initiative in 2017. So what can you tell us about that plan that was announced back then and what kind of the initial reaction to it was on Staten Island?
1: Initially on Staten Island, I don't think it got a lot of traction. Senator Savino,
0: she has
1: a line because part of the plan was called turning the tide on homelessness. Part of the plan was to site 90 new homeless shelters and this isn't something that Senator has you know, necessarily agreed with but she kind of points out that like well the mayor told mayor de Blasio told you what he was going to do i i'd never understand why somebody's surprised which i mean to me is the correct perspective on people who seem shocked that you know we have new homeless shelters on staten island but i mean the turning the tide initiative was sort of a just new way of approaching homelessness. That's been a building issue in the city since at least the Giuliani administration. It's certainly gotten its fair share of criticism locally and throughout the city. But it was a it was a three pronged initiative. I mean, first off, the idea was to keep people in homes and in, the, in their existing homes with affordable housing and an end to illegal ev- evictions. I would say some progress has been made on illegal evictions in, in terms of affordable housing. I think that's only gotten worse. His second prong was. improved services for the city shelter system so better security with nypd better mental health better drug treatment the services that people who might be you know living through crises that they really need and then the final uh, prong was a really major shift in our entire shelter system so starting in the giuliani administration 2000 there was this shift toward uh, cluster sites and they would basically just put homeless people up in hotels. So the sh- cluster sites were sort of the city would pay a private landlord, a private apartment owner, a certain number of dollars, and then a cluster of apartments in a given building would be reserved for people experiencing homelessness. And then the hotel system, you know, was I mean pretty straightforward, same thing, but it would be for hotel rooms. And and it's not that those systems weren't without controversy. I mean that murder that happened in the Ramada Inn that was that type of situation and what de Blasio wanted to do was essentially shift from those more private you know systems where you like put people in private housing or private hotels and shift it to you know city owned not necessarily maintained through work with like nonprofit organizations where you know homeless people could go as they get themselves back up on their feet or you know as they need it uh so i mean it really was a pretty major shift in terms of the homeless population and like how we approach in the city but it has not been met not met with you know controversy
0: yeah and you know i think you make a great point in uh senator savino's statements kind of about well he he told us that he was going to build these new sites all over the city so I don't know why people are surprised that we're going to get some here but uh, I want to move kind of go site by site here, I guess, and dig into some of the specifics on these shelters and some of the concerns that have been raised by the community. So let's start with the Tompkinsville site, the one that's going to be located on Victory Boulevard. So what kind of people are going to be living in this facility and and why do so many people on the North Shore, including Councilwoman Camilla Hank, seem to have an issue kind of with this location?
1: I think to talk about that site, it doesn't really start without the sheer size of it. I mean, it is going to be 500 plus families. I mean, these are going to be mostly women and children. Uh, Men don't usually make their way into these shelter systems, Mm -hmm. but it's going to be on the corner of Victory and Bay, uh, same block where Eric Garner was killed. And there is another shelter that is about, I don't know, five minute walk away tops it's on central avenue Mm
2: -hmm. uh
1: so i think a big part of councilwoman hanks's opposition is you know both the size and that it's already in this area that you know we've been trying to push toward like a renaissance of some kind for decades now and i think there's a sense that this might hinder that renaissance but i mean just to sort of And the most vocal voice in the community had been opposed to it, but just sort of a a bright spot that I just found today. Uh, I was talking with uh, Kelly Villar at the Staten Island Urban Center and her building her headquarters is on the same exact block. And she's approached Councilwoman Hanks with other members of the community. And they're sort of just gotten to the point where they're like, well, this is going to happen. So how do we ensure these people have the best possible experience and that it's the best possible experience for the community? Like, how do we work together to make sure? She referred to it as a a virtual uh, muffin basket, which (laughs) I thought was a nice way of putting it. And, And she brings up a great point because, I mean, despite what people, how people try to, you know, paint these situations people living in the city shelter system like are having a really rough go of it it's hard to be homeless to begin with and then dealing with navigating the city's homeless system homelessness system is even it's extremely tough but yeah i mean i think with that shelter it's the size it was with all the shelters it's sort of that they were just kind of thrust upon us and it's that you know it is in this area that people have been trying to you know, paint is the up and coming part of Staten Island.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that that's kind of a big part of it, even if that isn't what, you know, is being said at the forefront, right? But I do think that uh, the Bay Street rezoning, the revitalization, the downtown Staten Island, even though it's on the North Shore, not sure why it's downtown, but you know, that whole idea of they're redoing Minthorne Street and they're opening up Lighthouse Point, if that ever opens up, Uh, they've got the outlets over there. So just kind of the idea of, well, we're trying to make this in some sense is a, a touristy attraction when people are visiting and they take the ferry over and then they explore the area and then do you want this Large homeless shelter, kind of in the middle of all of that, um, w- which I think is a concern for for a lot of people. But then obviously you have to balance that with, well, these are the the needs of the community, right? Like, can you do both at once and, and make sure that we're still providing the the necessary services for these types of people? So I, I know that that location has been yeah. controversial for for a number of a number of issues. But let's move on to the next site, which is the Stapleton site on Tompkins Avenue that is set to house uh, about a hundred homeless men the major concern here seems to be and we, we had an article about this recently I think it was one of our opinion pieces from our uh, editorial staff regarding just the the site's proximity to various nearby schools so what more can you tell us about that
1: so the main concern with that shelter is a, is a safety issue to be hundred homeless men I mean with hundred homeless men you can't help but have concerns about you know people with mental health issues people who are might be you know abusing substances generally who people consider to be unsafe in the public, right? So there is that underlying issue. Now, with that, it's in the proximity of four schools, three school buildings. One of them is uh, the Hungerford School, which serves special needs children. There's the public school across the street. There's the intermediate school up the block. And that school also holds a charter school, the Eagle Academy. So basically, you have four school buildings that are going to be within very immediate walking distance to uh, what's going to be 100 homeless men, you know, in a shelter. And, I mean, there have been pretty mass protests. Uh, These are the ones that I've seen the most public protests for. Former Councilman Rose, she organized something uh, last summer saying that, you know, I mean, because this is in Stapleton, I mean, it's, again, this is in walking distance to, you know, the Stapleton Houses.
2: neighborhood with the highest incidence of gun violence where the local food pantry struggles to address food insecurity.
1: Was sort of you know, this is a community that deals with enough like they have enough services here why are we you know citing this shelter on the site and I mean the site is uh, it's the former site of the New York foundling on Staten Island and that was a the founding works with uh kids in the foster care system basically uh so it is a major shift to go from a you know and it's a big building uh, it's five six stories um so it's a major shift to go from you know a building that deals exclusively with kids in the foster care system to dealing with 100 homeless men so i think overall that site is like a safety issue but i have heard from some officials you know sort of off the record that they made the point essentially that, well, this site is it's about 200 yards back from the street. So with the proper security, they made the point that maybe this might not be as, you know, major a concern as people in the community was making it out be I mean, as things progress, I think that sort of remains to be seen.
0: We'll be right back. The Mayor of Maple Avenue is a powerful multi-part podcast about Sean Sinisee a victim of former Penn State football coach Jerry Sandusky, who was arrested ten years ago for numerous child sexual abuse charges. The podcast series is written and hosted by Pulitzer Prize-winning reporter Sarah Gannum, who takes listeners into the world of addiction rehabilitation, where society can be quick to celebrate the consequences for abusers while not addressing the needs of their victims. Subscribe now to The Mayor of Maple Avenue wherever you get your podcasts yeah and I think that this is really the most curious one to me because when you just hear it on on the surface of they're going to cite this homeless shelter for a hundred homeless men next to four schools like, is that like a thing that, you know, do we see that in other parts of the city? What did the city have to say when we, you know, to, in response to these protests, in response to these concerns from the elected officials? It, to me, it just seems odd that that would be a site that they choose. They wouldn't think, oh, well, maybe we should pick somewhere where there are less school children on a daily basis. I, I mean, that that's just a, a, a weird one uh, to me. So I'm curious kind of what the city had to say, if anything, kind of about that.
1: I mean, I think that they just have the boilerplate we're going to make sure it's safe. I mean, either they're going to make sure it's safe and there will never be an issue and they'll be right, or they're going to be miserably wrong one day. And that is going to be, that remains to be seen. I mean, the issue with all these shelters is that, so basically in the city building code, there is this thing called its as-of-right development.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the city found a bunch of sites where they site them in all five boroughs. They found sites where you can do it as-of-right. So for example, the shelter in Tompkinsville how it used to be the drive-through, uh, Wendy's, KFC. It's they essentially left like a cornerstone of the building, and since you left a cornerstone, you can build as of right. Uh, the one in that we're going to talk about in Grasmere—that's an as of right because of weird zoning issues. The and the family building—they're literally not really doing anything to it, so it's as of right. And I mean the city smartly identified all these sites around the city that you know they don't need to take community input they don't need to you know ask about well what do you guys think of this uh they like hold meetings but they're essentially meaningless so it's the city made these decisions they cited these locations and unless the mayor makes a decision you know in the opposite it is going through
0: yeah and That's it seems yeah it seems like they really just kind of chose these sites more based on convenience uh, for them, right? Which ones are going to be the easiest to construct, the easiest to open, the easiest to operate, as opposed to really looking at, oh, well, maybe one with four schools next to it isn't the best choice. But, you know, if it's easier for them to do, it's easier for them to do, I suppose. And I think that that's probably part of some people's frustration with this. But let's move on to that last site that you referenced, which is located on Highland Boulevard in Grasmere and will house 50 homeless women over the age of 50. I understand that there was initially some controversy with this location regarding the zoning regulations. Can you explain that situation to our listeners? Yeah, but it might take a while. Um, <laughs> Give us the gist. Yeah, obviously, we don't need to go through the whole building code. Long story
1: short, that is a doctor's office. A doctor's office in that location is not consistent with zoning in the area. But in the 1970s, 1980s, there was a major shortage of like doctor's offices as development was happening around the city. True and out of Queens, uh, Southern Brooklyn, Staten Island, obviously. So they needed to figure out a solution because doctor's office were not conforming to the zoning codes, and write, rewriting a zoning code is a nightmare. So instead of doing that, they offered they essentially laid out an exemption to the zoning code. Um, that's how that doctor's office got put there. So the guy who owned it, who was a spinal plastic surgeon, I think, who owned it, he wound he had it for sale for a while and the city came in and said well we're gonna do it this way and then former councilman uh matteo had the idea that it did not conform with the zoning code and uh president Otto was actually on board with this too but essentially when i started talking to them the department of buildings already told me like well here's in the building code abc like how we're going to do this why it's legal i got to do a bit of back and forth with otto's office it just kind of like you know the conversation ended at some point fine but they called me back I'm like oh yeah the apartment buildings is actually right like that's how they're gonna do it and as with all these things people talk about fighting it but the city has again this isn't like I'm not necessarily crediting the city with anything but the city has like identified these locations they have their ducks in a row and, and Good luck fighting it.
0: Yeah. And, and let's actually get to that. And uh, So we've discussed all the sites and uh, the opposition that they face for various different reasons. But I'm curious what kind of efforts that the local elected officials have actually made to try and encourage Mayor Eric Adams' administrations to reconsider some of these sites.
1: Publicly, there's been a lot of letter writing. Local officials, elected officials, they'll make the statements still. I'm sure there's a lot of like conversation going on behind the scenes, which isn't my favorite thing, because, you know, you're public officials, you should probably do your official work in public. But... (laughs) A novel idea. That's kind of the way the bread is buttered when the sausage gets made in the city, but here we are. Yeah, I mean, they have, you know, expressed public opposition, and I think it's genuine public opposition, because, you know, if you're the council person who's associated with a new shelter, that's not always the best association for, like, the voting public, right? So... It's something that they have tried. Uh, Private individuals have, you know, put lawsuits out. The former Burr President he really summed it up pretty well and pretty simply. Uh, And this was when the two, because the victory in Bay Shelter was announced first, but the two additional ones, uh, the one in Grasmere and the one in Stapleton, he put it to me, the city wins. Like, that's it. Yes, it's wrong. Yes, there's no community input. It's it's not a you know fair way of doing things, I guess, if you want to use that word.
0: But the city wins, and that's
1: sort of where I think all three of
0: these shelters are at. Yeah, and and I'm sure that that's frustrating for many of the you know elected officials and community members who are who are opposed to these and, and feel they may uh, disrupt their lives in some way uh, or another, but. I'm curious now, so, you know, you say the city wins, which generally, as we know in our line of work, is the case, but, uh, you know, Mayor Eric Adams has been unwilling to change course on these homeless shelters on Staten Island, but you've reported, and I've seen elsewhere, that he's actually done so in other boroughs, like in Manhattan and the Bronx, where they had plans to put these shelters in certain locations, and then he kind of ceded to public op- opposition and and changed the plan have we gotten any indication as to why he may have been willing to do so in other boroughs but we're, we're not getting that same kind of reaction here on staten island
1: the cynic in me would say politics uh i would say more people voted for eric and this isn't the democratic primary specifically because the general election was a non-competition uh i would say more people voted for eric adams in those neighborhoods than did Entirely on Staten Island, which might be how he's looking at it, in the neighborhoods where these shelters are going, uh, particularly Stapleton and Tompkinsville, more people voted for Eric Adams. But I mean, the cynic in me would say politics. However, the like realist in me, when Mayor de Blasio put out the turning the tide uh plan, he identified uh you know the shelters throughout the city. And there's so many in the Bronx, and there's so many in Brooklyn and Queens and Manhattan, Staten Island had one, and it's the one on Central Avenue. And when the people in Chinatown are much more familiar with that fight than I am the one up in the Bronx in Morris Park. But the people in Chinatown, when they were fighting it, like they put out a map and they showed that like, hey, yeah, we have A, B, C, D, E shelter in all around where you want to put this new shelter. So I think it's fair to argue that Staten Island does not have like a concentration of services currently. When the two shelters on the north shore open it'll be i think almost a thousand people living almost people living like within a mile and a half radius like it's very close like they're all very close to each other where the homeless shelters on staten island are going to be now they're like super concentrated right it's like two in tompkinsville and one in Sableton. so i i don't know if we're being fair to like the different neighborhoods on Staten Island at this point, but or if Staten Island's being looked at as a whole, as it too often is.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and you know, I wanted to kind of talk about just homelessness in in general in New York City and on Staten Island. Obviously, it's been a huge issue in NYC for years now, but Staten Island hasn't seemed to be quite as impacted as some of the other boroughs. Obviously, we've had you know concerns in in recent years regarding the ferry terminal and homeless people staying there. People. Are, on the North Shore, uh, in that kind of uh, Tompkinsville area in general, around the park at Victory and Bay. But again, it, it doesn't really compare to what we see in some other parts of the city where they have the subway system, which has been an issue in, in recent years. We've seen a lot of uh, discussion around that. So I was just kind of curious how the number of homeless individuals on Staten Island compares to the rest of the city.
1: In Staten Island, the way the number the city puts it at is about a thousand about a thousand homeless people and the problem with tracking homeless people in general is that there are so many definitions of homelessness like in terms of uh i think most people when they think of homelessness they associate it with street homeless which is people who are like sleeping out on the street at night right right but it could be something as simple as like say i, I break up with my girlfriend and she kicks me out i'm like crowd surfing with buddies or something like that right mm-hmm. or cra- uh, couch surfing right? <laughs> like that could be a, a type of like homelessness like, and obviously that's not the same it's not as you know challenging but mm-hmm. it, it's sort of a, a, you know, sort of a malleable definition um and there was reporting in uh the nonprofit uh city limits and uh, the new yorker did a profile on their reporting over the weekend and basically the city limits found that if you consider homelessness in like a certain way that the city's count itself is like thousand sure. Wow. So, just very like, there aren't a ton of good numbers and this is always a point people bring up because it's the number the city puts forward for Staten Island is always around a thousand. Uh, it fluctuates because again, homelessness is very fluid in terms of, you know, people getting housing and not getting yeah. housing housing um and there's always a challenge to that number it's like well it's definitely less than that it's definitely less than that and i always just want to say to people like well then show me a number like show me a number and show me how you got it because you're not going to be able to because you can't like one person cannot take the census or even 10 people can't take a census of like staten island's homeless population and it, it and then it gets into different aspects it's like well what do you consider from staten island like, what do you, is someone who's living in a shelter in the Bronx for a year and a half or, or for six months, I should say, or a couple months, but, you know, grew up on Staten Island. Is that a Staten Islander? And it's, it's very hard to keep track of the numbers. But yeah, I mean, the city has always put us around a thousand. The city puts it around uh, 50,000 people in city shelters. Wow. And about a thousand of those are from uh, Staten Island.
0: Wow, yeah, so that's obviously a a very small number when you look at it in terms of the of the city's total. So I'm curious, I've seen in your reporting that some people have mentioned the possibility of the city housing homeless individuals from other boroughs in these new facilities on Staten Island. Has there been any indication from the city that this would actually be the case and that they would be, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, importing you know, uh, homeless individuals from other boroughs and putting them in these new facilities and kind of adding to Staten Island's total in a way? I would say yes, uh, that
1: most likely there are going to be people from other boroughs, just in terms of like Staten Island's limited homeless population. It seems that it would be difficult to prove that. You would have to take a census of every person, every Staten Island like, homeless shelter, and then eventually you'd find something like, oh no, I'm actually from Brooklyn, and like, oh, I'm actually from Queens, or I'm from wherever. Again, I don't know anyone outside of city government who has the time and the resources to do that. Yeah. So the city's not gonna cop to it. I think the phrase they use is, uh, we prioritize Staten Islanders, which you know kind of gives it away itself. Is it okay? Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, about- well
0: then, it's not gonna be all Staten yeah. Islanders
1: then in every shelter, there's always like, it's not always every not every resident of the given shelter is from that borough. Uh, It's a weirdly like Staten Island-centric way of looking at homelessness in the city of New York, if that makes sense. Because I mean, the way it used to be before turning the tide is that like, you'd have to go into the Bronx like first before you even got put into a shelter system. The office in the Bronx would get you to like a shelter. And I mean, When you talk about kids who like, say a kid going to Curtis or something, you know, he finds himself in the shelter in the Bronx, like that's a nightmare of a commute. I mean, I commuted to Manhattan for high school and like that was a nightmare. I can't imagine like what that would look like for a kid who's like dealing with extremely challenging circumstances already. But homelessness in New York City is extremely difficult as it is anywhere on earth. But I think the layout of New York City and like municipality in general make it a bit more challenging.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's a good point that it is kind of a a Staten Island centric way of looking at things right of, you know, in the other boroughs, the, the movement between them may seem a little more natural, a little more fluid. You have people going from Brooklyn to Queens or from the Bronx to Manhattan, that kind of stuff feels... Uh, a little more commonplace but i I think part of it comes from the fact that staten island has been so isolated from the city in so many ways and that we don't always get the same types of uh services and 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 all that kind of stuff that they see elsewhere i mean we don't have a subway system you know all all of those kinds of things that make us feel kind of you know forgotten borough uh, on our own over here kind of thing so i think the idea for for those types of people right would be that you know our homeless situation on Staten Island is is not as bad as it is in other parts of the city, right? Then you're going to build these new homeless shelters here, and, and potentially have you know you're building more than you might even need to just to house Staten Island's homeless population. So now you're going to build these new shelters and then fill them with people from other boroughs. Uh, I, I think is kind of the concern there. It's like they want to kind of dump the the city's problems on us, but we're not getting the same benefits and programs and uh, and other stuff as other parts of the city. Again, not saying that I agree with this. Not saying that this is. Wrong. Or that this is wrong, but just kind of, I think that that's part of the the view there. We're given the bad stuff and we're, we're not given the good stuff and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I, I think that that kind of contributes to, to some of that sentiment. But I, I also wanted to ask, because I, I always kind of get get frustrated with some of the discourse surrounding homelessness because there's a lot of nimbyism going on, right, which we've talked about before. Um, residents complain that they don't want people living on the streets or in the ferry terminal. But then they complain about when the city wants to build a homeless shelter and give them somewhere to live. So if you don't want to see homeless people on the street, but then you don't want the city to build homeless shelters in your neighborhoods and what, what exactly is it that you that you want here? What do you want to, what do you want to do with these people? And so I'm curious if anyone that you've spoken to you know during your reporting has provided any like legitimate alternatives to just building these sites and allowing them to exist because it's hard to see one.
1: There are people who cannot fully function as well as everybody else in society. It's unfortunate, but like it's reality. The overwhelming majority of people don't want a homeless shelter near their kids' school, near their house, near their apartment, near their business. I get all that. What do you want to do with them? What's the plan? What's the alternative? Because when you want to put them in the Bronx, that's another group of businesses and homeowners and renters that are going to have to deal with the same things you don't want to deal with. I think every issue in New York City. I mean, the mayor says, uh, you know, 8 million people, 35 million opinions or something like that. And it's fair that he says that, but I think homeless shelters is one of those things that like just really drives that home. mean, there are no answers where you're not gonna upset somebody. Someone's gonna be upset. You know, there's varying strategies. Um, Mayor Adams' strategy has been much more, it's been a lot tougher than I would say de Blasio's has with, you know, the clearing of encampments and, you know, making people constantly shifting them around and like they just wind up in the same places that they've always been and then the cops come in and they clear them out and you take away their tents and you take away their personal belongings, which like I've seen some stuff where like I think a guy was talking about that essentially I'm not even sure if it was in New York, it might have been in San Francisco. It, it, he's talking about like how everything he owned they just took. And like this is someone who has very little to begin with. Right. Yeah, I don't know how that's solving
0: yeah I, yeah I don't understand It's yeah. it's messy subject there there doesn't seem to be a, a great answer to it but i'm sure that you will have uh plenty of more very important reporting on it in the coming months as these start to open and we start to see some more of the community's reaction to it so thank you so much for joining me today paul i appreciate you coming on the show as always and i hope to have you back on soon for sure thanks for having me guys have a good one and uh best to you all right you too Thank you for listening to the Staten Island Advances from the scene. If you like what you've heard, please make sure to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit silive.com for the latest on all these stories and more. Thank you for supporting local journalism.